You are listening to Conversations with Akila. Just a quick heads up. This episode was previously recorded on Slayer Weekend with Akila, so you may hear references from that show. However, it is still me. Bye-bye. It, it, has, been, it has been way... It's been years. Have you met... It's, did you meet Asana? No, I didn't meet Asana. I prayed for Asana. Like, I was like, I want a little chocolate <laughs> little angel. And Mark was laughing at me like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Because I remember the last time I saw you in church, you were about 13 months pregnant with her. Oh, okay. And you just had this look on your face like baby done. girl resting on your kidneys. Yeah. And, and one of the ladies in church started giggling. And she was like, girl, are you ready? And you were just like, ugh. Today. I'm ugh. sure I was like that. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you oh my god doing so good like you look good thank you thank you thank you hey i i had to do my hair this morning because i looked in the mirror and i was like can i go day five no no it's time no no it's time no, <laughs> no god is doing a great work that's mm-hmm. all i have to say like uh-huh. he when I tell you 2022, he is blowing me all the way out. Of, well, let me turn this on mute. He is blowing me out of the box. Mm-hmm. Like opening my, like, I was just like, wow. So you really do own all the cattle on a thousand hills. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that really shocked me is I found this um, business planner online. She specializes in helping faith-based businesses grow. Okay. She's like the real deal, like written up in Forbes, everything. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, so you're like legit, legit. So I, on a whim, I sent her an email and was like, um, can you help me, mm-hmm. please? Mm-hmm. And she actually called me back and was like, let me talk to you for a bit. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, okay. And she like really put me on like the right path. I'm like, thank you so much for taking time out for me to speak to me because I can't afford your rate. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. at all but that that was eye-opening and i've met some really awesome people wonderful like, like i met um that couple that does the um what is it let's talk relationship not religion podcast that was let me okay 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 that mm-hmm. i listened to it from start to finish that was amazing it and i you know, loved your interview on there that was really good and can i tell you how i met them okay i i needed some extra money because you know, preacher got expensive taste and limited income. Okay. And I was like, I was like, Lord, um, lead me, guide me. I'm willing to work. What can I do? Um, I'm good at makeup and I'm working from home. What can we do? So I got a part-time job at Ulta during the holidays. Okay. And so I was like, well, this is good. I can buy some of my essentials, like razors and stuff like that for 25% off, mm-hmm. get Christmas gifts and, you know, okay. So this couple walks in. And, you know, you greet them and the husband and the wife actually stop and like, hey, how are you? I'm like, oh, wait, they actually answered. I'm like, well, hello. Mm-hmm. And when I saw them walking together, I said to myself, look at that black love, because they're just like a cute couple. You they know, are. You couples <laughs> and they're just so cute. And so the husband and wife came over and they were like, um, do you sell this perfume? And I looked over my shoulder. I was like, no, we don't sell it. They have it in Nordstrom's and Short Hills Mall. You just go out, make a right drive, straight up town. <laughs> don't tell them that I told you. And so they were like, well, you know what? We really appreciate your honesty. So as we're walking around the store, I said, before you go out to the mall, let me show you something that you might like instead. Mm-hmm. So we hooked them up with perfume. And then I said something like, well, you know, preacher got expensive taste. They're like, you a preacher? You need to be on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And then the rest was history. Like I started talking to them and now we're getting ready to go on a little road trip together to go to a book signing. A road trip? It's like a one day road trip to Philadelphia. A person that they interviewed for their podcast named Kendra Y. Hill wrote Mm -hmm. a book. Oh goodness gracious. I think it's called The The Enterprising Purpose or My Purpose. I have to look it up. But she's doing a whole I'll send you the link to her yes, site please. Uh-huh. she is doing a whole road trip tour starting in Dallas Houston Detroit Philadelphia Chicago uh-huh. um, DC and so I was like guys Kendra wrote a book um we going 
So we bought tickets and called up Kendra. It was like, girl, we shown, we're rolling through Philly. What's going on? And so, and Kendra is hilarious because that woman will call you on your foolery and such such a direct thing. Like, you know, it's God. Like she, uh-huh. one time I was talking to her and she was like, you know, you a bit of a Pharisee. And I was like, I beg your pardon. Oh, that's a, that's a huge insult in our I world. Like, and I, like, I actually clutched my pearls. I said, I beg my, I beg your pardon. Uh-huh. And she said, well, she asked me something about a scripture. And I was like, well, when you look at it in the Greek and the Hebrew, it translates to this and this. And then when you parse it, this, that she's like, I'm, she said, that's the problem. You're too much into your head mm-hmm. right now. And you need to get back into your heart. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're right. Like, I was like, thank you for letting me know. I'll, I'll make the shift. She's like, I'm not saying turn off your intellect, but mm-hmm. you know, don't lead with, I think it's in the Puau tense. And that's indicative of, she was like, yeah, no. Mm-mm. Because you can't Girl. do that. As I learned in your interview <laughs> on that podcast that you are heavily educated. Um, yeah. Or I mean, not to say Christian theology, but theology on a whole, like you have that level of intellect and education where that comes in, where many of us are just We've been learned, we've been taught to interpret the scripture, you know, on our own. We we have not been able to interpret scripture based off of the context in which it was written and how it was written, you know. So you have that level of experience, and I'm sure. I mean, it is a fine line, and I I, I'm I firmly <laughs> believe that you need to have people on either side of you and your relationships to keep you balanced. Like you got to have people who are spirit filled, faith led on one side of you. And then you have your theologians on the other side because they keep you balanced. Because when you go to the theologians and they're like, oh, the this and the that. And when you look at the chiastic structure of the text, it's like, yeah, but do you feel God's frustration Mm-hmm. And Isaiah and Je- actually Jeremiah, when he's like, I love you guys so much, but you can't live right. Mm-hmm. This is it. how much I love you, but you can't get it together. So guess what's about to happen? Daddy's angry and I'm coming through. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do you feel that? They're like, well, that was right before the Babylonian captivity. And I'm, <laughs> I'm done with you. I You're not to, answering the I question. Need, like, I, I was like, I need to go talk to my people over yeah. here on this side now are you still pastoring are you still you pastored throughout the pandemic how what what was going on during that time for you during the pandemic i was doing like at first i wasn't officially hired on at the church yet because okay. they call me, i think my title is pastoral associate uh-huh. and they had me basically pitch pitch hit preaching like when the pastor wasn't available okay so the pastor wasn't available they would call me up and be like can you speak and i and I got used to preaching to a TV screen. I said, well, this is good because if I ever have to, de- <clears throat> curls in the way, mm-hmm. if I ever have to deliver a hard rebuking word, I've gotten used to preaching to a screen that you don't get the talk back. So I'll just or be like, faces. yeah. So it's like, all right, I guess we just preaching. Um, mm-hmm. And then after the pandemic started to lessen, a position came available at the church and they were like, are you? Yes, I am available. Yes, I am. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I am there with bells on. What do you need? I am. Thank you. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're back there, full timing, yeah. full time, part timing. Okay. So I have a full time corporate job. Okay, and then that pays the bills, um, pays for my health insurance. Praise God. Praise Him. And yes, and my lupus is still in remission. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yay! Very happy. Nope. With that. No, no major issues, just a little bit of hair loss, but I'd rather take that than the other problems with the eyes and the joints and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I'm working there part-time. So I have to preach this Sunday Mm -hmm. and I have the title of my word now. Yeah, I got the title of the sermon. It's called Open Your Eye. Mm. And it's based on Second Kings when Alicia, they're surrounded and his um, his assistant comes out. He was like, look, this is my Kim's translation. They surrounding us, we gonna die. And he was mm-hmm. like, don't Lord open his eyes. Can't you see that there are more that are for us and are against us? And then mm-hmm. his servant's eyes are opened. And I'm like, people really need to realize in this time and day that we're living in, especially with all the craziness that 
it may look like we're overwhelmed on all sides. It may feel like that victory has slipped between our fingers. But when you open your eyes and realize the vastness, the power, the richness of God, and the fact that he watches over his word to perform it and that we're in a covenant relationship with him, he will never leave us and never forsake us. And once we truly embody and believe that, that he is with us, why are we scared? And you're just preaching already on this podcast interview. You just <laughs> preaching. You, I didn't ask for it, but I take it. You just <laughs> preached it to me. You know, on Sunday the preacher preached about. You know, he had a whole message and you know, launch, launch again. You know, try again. That was his whole message. But he talked about like how there are just certain things. Yes, in the in the eyes of the world, there are certain things that pertain to the people of God. But in the eyes of God, there are certain things that don't pertain to us, like famine. You know, mm -hmm. like um uh what's the word like certain sacrifices that need to be made that those things don't apply to us like we yeah. don't have to worry about those certain um it's in psalms 37 well in the days of famine we shall be fed it's the truth mm -hmm. like i'm thinking about the gas prices huh mm -hmm. inflation cool. with the mm -hmm. food i mean a bag of rice went from being 350 to 1350 like man like it is crazy is it oil it's insane but here's the fun part about it it's like there will be times that i'm like lord this is what i have mm -hmm. how are we going to stretch it yeah and so like last weekend i was running around and i'm like what am i supposed to buy groceries from but even wait even better than that mm -hmm. superstorm ida rolled through and i didn't realize that there was a leak in my roof and the water came through, it damaged the walls in my living room, my bedroom, oh. my den, and my front hallway had a partial ceiling collapse. What? And now here I am, single, working two jobs, you know, just dealing with adulting. Yeah. And I was like, where am I supposed to come up with the money to pay for this? Mm -hmm. Like, and the damage was so bad in my bedroom, I couldn't even sleep with my head at the wall because the wall was still damp and that smell. I was like, I can't do, I was sleeping at the foot of my bed. No lie, sleeping at the foot of my bed, oh, my no. wrought iron bed. Oh. And so I got, I got a little sad about it. Then I was just like, just pray, like something to open up. Uh -huh. There was one contractor that came through originally and he for some other deal and he was like five thousand dollars to do this room two thousand to do that oh, it wasn't like, the whole thing okay it was, and i was just oh. like and then i'd have to pay for the supplies i'm like okay satan get out my house so the other guy just wouldn't show up it's just just every time i had an appointment never showed never showed That's a, a friend of mine her boyfriend just started his own contracting business she said he's licensed he's really good let him come through he came through my house and to repair all those walls and do the damage and hang the ceiling fan that I've had for five years, but I could never find somebody to hang it for me. It was $872. So at the end of this interview, I'm just going to ask that you send him, send me mm -hmm. information so mm -hmm. I can <laughs> reach out to him because mm -hmm. like, you know, we just bought a house as well and mm -hmm. finding contractors has been so rough. And when you do find them, the prices are ridiculous and it's no shade on them from what I understand. The supply is very low. Yeah, there's not and a lot of wood. There's not a lot of materials. And what I liked about him is, it's like he was meticulous. Like he matched my paint perfectly. Wow. And he painted the walls, smoothed them out. He protected my like protected my stuff. Like made sure it was like shrink wrap. There was he let me know. He's like there will be a coating of plaster on your stuff. I'm going to try to clean up as much as I can, but you just know you're going to be dusted. I was like, yeah, I mean, you're not superhuman. There's yeah. there's gonna be some stuff. Yeah. And then he he looked at my bookshelves that I had. He was like, Kim, these are like IKEA bookshelves. I was like, don't judge me, judge your mother. Like, you know, they hold books. That's right. And, and he's like, no, no, it's not that. He was like, your books are very heavy mm -hmm. and they're the shelves are buckling. Oh he's like, you know, I'm a he's a carpenter. Oh, he makes so, a so we're, he's building me bolted in custom bookshelves that are gonna go from the floor to the ceiling. All I have to do is pick out the wood and the finish I want and then find the design online. He's gonna measure it off. And since my doorways are narrow, he said, I'll divide the job into two pieces, put it together in your apartment, bolt it into the wall so it'll be a build out. So if you ever sell your house, it's an added feature because you have more storage. 
excuse okay listen because when god comes through he comes all the way all the and i was like look i was like i actually looked at my walls and was started tearing up i was like wow oh, i didn't have to live like that like you provided me with a skilled professional to come through and paint my walls Talk about and i Wow. Like I was like, come through God. And then I had this other boss that I was working for. And I knew, you know how when you don't listen to God and you find, you know it retroactively. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. There was this, I was out of work at the beginning of the pandemic mm. and I had a job offer. And I was like, I knew the job was wrong. I knew it was wrong. I knew the woman was awful. And I was like, but I need a job and I need benefits. And God reminded me just this, like last week, he was like, you took that job because you wanted the job because you thought you needed benefits. But all the time that you were out on unemployment, you never missed a COBRA payment. Mm -hmm. All your bills were paid, mm -hmm. but you panicked. And so I worked for this woman who was a demon wrapped in flesh. Been there. And she was just miserable, like a miserable, hateful, awful woman. And I finally, one day I said, you know what? I got sick of her and on a whim. I got my phone and applied for a job. They called me back. I had another job in less than five days. What? And I was like, like, I actually just like angry. I was just like, take that, applied for a job. They called me back. I gave them my starting salary. They were like, that's not enough and raised it. Is that good with and they were like, is that good with you? I'm like, if you like it, I love it. Then when I got the offer letter, there was $2,000 more in there. Well, glory be. And I was like, oh, I guess it was time to go. So this is the I job gave, you're currently at now. Mm -hmm. I gave my notice. I was like, deuces. Bye-bye. Yeah. I, was I, like, I know that all too well. I just left and was dealing with one myself for no reason. Um, I was disliked and hated for no reason. I've done nothing. I think that's why, because I, I didn't do, I wouldn't fraternize. I wouldn't involve yes. myself with the foolishness and, you know some people don't like that so people they, don't like when you keep to yourself they don't yeah and the, i had that happen and it, there's actually a book i read um her name is austin channing and she wrote about a black woman mm. she wrote about her experience at a company that people got mad at her because she wasn't socializing after work with them that after hours she would wear her headphones and they wanted her to be more social and open i was like look some don't mistake my code switching for friendship. Hello? That's like, a whole nother message in itself, okay? I was like, I am being polite and civil and professional with you because we are in a work environment. You will yeah, like you will never come to the cookout. No. You will never come into my house. No. You will not, you, you aren't invited to any major life events. We are here and that's it. And that's so it. when you say, let's go out, you know, let's go out to work for drinks. Nah, I'm good. I never fraternized at work. I never did any of their team. Ex never. I'm going home. I have, I have things to do. And oh, please don't take that. I don't socialize. I do. I just don't want to socialize with you yes. guys. There's a difference there. There's a complete difference in that. But because I, I know I only have you for a limited amount of time. Oh, no. I bought you on the show because I'm, listen, that last interview you did, no, I don't know if it's the last interview you did, but the one I heard you on, on that podcast was phenomenal. And I was thinking about, cause lately I, I even had an, I even had an interview where I spoke to someone about how are they remaining sex positive while mm -hmm. being abstinent? Because even in that podcast, I talked about Oftentimes when people give up on, you know, that sexual part of their life, of course, it's because, you know, religiously it's mm -hmm. not right, but they also turn around and start looking at sex and the activity of sex as evil. Okay. And I'm like, and I'm like, I don't think that's what, at, at least religiously, I don't think that's what God had in mind for sex. I don't think he wanted it to be looked upon as bad. So don't do it until you're in a marriage. I don't think so. I think no, I, I, I'm sorry. No, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think that was what was supposed to be, but you know, we've grown up in an environment. Most of us have grown up in environments where mm -hmm. even the idea of talking about sex is bad, much less to be, to find yourself falling into those situations. It's like, okay, who do I talk to? What do I talk about? How do I approach this? Am I a bad person? 
And it's funny because sex is such a natural part of the human experience. Yes, with mm-hmm. the reason, like I, um, you're a blo- I read the first one that you sent to me, and I mm-hmm. read um the one that you were that you sent to me right before we started. Can I read some of it out loud? And if oh I yeah, can, go ahead, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Because I was really taken aback by it. This is oh. really good. Like I don't, I don't know what you plan on doing with it, but it's gonna. I'm, be- I'm, I'm trying to set up um first a blog, but I need to find a photographer because I need more photos because. Okay. Like, you know, I'm shy. Like, I hate taking pictures, like, it, whatever. And and my friends were like, you need a photographer. Like, you need, head. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll work on it. And then, then I want to write a book. I know that's right. I want to write a book. I think you should. I think you have a lot to offer in that arena. Oh, I'm going to read it. <laughs> the the title, <laughs> I was like, is, is, this, is this the title? Reflections. <clears throat> Reflections from a celibate cougar. And I, and I want to know why you're calling yourself a cougar. I'm like, was she dating a younger man at one point? Because where that come from? But we'll get there. Okay, okay. You start off with, I miss what I never had and what I never had I found in you. Intimacy, period. I always confuse intimacy with sex. I thought sex was the antidote for the ache in the center of my being. I thought the right relationship would cure the loneliness and longing. I'm sure a lot of people can attest to that. I thought children would fill my heart with joy that I was missing. But these things were just the, the saccharine. I guess that's a seasoning? Saccharine? Yeah, that, that artificial sweetener. Okay. You know, like equal. Okay. Taste and sweet initially, but then after it hits the back of your mouth, it leaves a bitter artificial aftertaste that leaves you craving sugar even more intensely. What I wanted was intimacy and what I got was sex. I mean, like, I think that should be like the opening mm-hmm. uh, line to whatever book it is, <laughs> whatever book it is you're writing. And I've learned that there is no or- orgasm that is able to heal all the hurts, fill all the potholes in your heart and leave you feeling whole, complete and satisfied in a sustained way. And mm-hmm. wow. Elaborate on this. Where is this coming from? That is coming from like all the life experience and just this new place of where I'm now resting in this relationship with God, mm-hmm. because there was a time when I, when I first became a Christian, no, let me go back a little further. I was very naive when I went into college. I was not a Christian. I was unchurched. My knew nothing about Jesus, went to Catholic school, was baptized Episcopalian and was living my happy, sinful life, doing what sinners do. Mm -hmm. And I never had a boyfriend. And then I started dating this born again, Christian man named Donald. Mm -hmm. Born again, even went to the born again movie theater in town. And Donald proceeded- Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. A born again movie- There was was a born again movie theater from the suburban campus of Temple University. And they only showed Christian movies and (laughs) and Donald and his like church group would go to that movie movie theater because that was like their island like they were super safe but Donald proceeded to turn me out and turn me into a twisty tide with all the things he proceeded to teach me with all of his saved self and I was like this is great this is wonderful I love it and and then what happened was is his friends these two girls who were born again, they were cool with me. Mm-hmm. And then they would see him and they would, and they would pull him to the side and be like whispering and stuff. And he was like, I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back. I'm going to be not. And I was like, are they mad at you for something? And he was like, they know that I'm backslidden and I'm not living right because I'm with you. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I didn't understand. Of course not. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, yeah, you know, because I'm saved. And I'm like, I don't don't understand so then when I broke up with him and started working in New York was dating and doing you know doing the adult thing and then I became a Christian Mm -hmm. and then my girlfriend was like okay you're a Christian now so you can't curse anymore and I'm like oh that's going to be a hard one to give up but I I think I can do it it's okay and you can't have sex anymore I'm like say what who wait (laughs) define sex like are we talking like the whole thing because there's other things and I, I had a checklist like um define it 
what's permissible? And she was like, nothing that, I was like, oh, mm. oh, I did not read the fine print on this contract. Like I may need to jump. So when I started dating Christian men, mm-hmm. I never realized how twisted people's views could be about sex. Mm-hmm. Really, like, I was like, oh my God, the men in the world had more respect and understanding about sex than the Christian guys. Like, I started dating one Christian guy in my church, one of the like seven single men in the church. <laughs> the one. <laughs> but, like, one of the seven. Like, our church was all like married, young couples, mm-hmm. engaged couples couple you know everyone was coupled off like Noah's Ark so I was like well I might as well date him you know I'm in my 20s I'm like uh you're available I'm available let's try this dating thing and he was a virgin and I think he was only he was a virgin in his 20s and I think he was only a virgin because of lack of opportunity because the brother had no game but he would gaslight in such a way, like you would go to kiss him and be like, I don't kiss like that. I'm a Christian. I'm like, well, what are we doing here? Like, are we, I don't do, I'm a Christian. And then, Whoa. then all of a sudden he got curious and he didn't want to be a Christian anymore. And I was just like, I'm not <laughs> doing that. this. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this with you. Like you are, mm-mm. I was like, we're not, we're, and he broke it off. And I was, he was just so I don't want to say repressed, but repressed and pent up. Like he had such a, a negative view about sex that I almost felt bad for the person that he mm-hmm. would marry. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, you can't go from looking at sex like it's dirty, it's this, it's that. And then suddenly on your wedding night, you're going to be like breaking out the Kama Sutra, breaking all these different techniques and swinging from chandelier what you're saying right there is something that i have spoken about so many people have guilt Mm -hmm. sex in itself that Mm -hmm. they bring that into their marriage and it's especially christian folk but keep going Mm -hmm. and so like i was just like oh my god and then i met the the type of christian guy that they say they're christian but they really not Mm -hmm. like um you I dated a bishop's son and he was like, "Um, I don't believe that we should even kiss before we get married. I was like, "Um, yeah, that's not going to happen, but um, we're going to have to have a talk about this. So I was just kind of like, I was kind of looking at him. So he kissed me and I was just like, okay, we got some work to do here, but I'm, I'm, I'll be patient with you. Mm-hmm. And then he, he, he was abusive. Okay. He was actually abusive. Like, um, and he would gaslight and he had so many issues about sex. Um, I'm about to put his business on front street, but Whatever. I'm not going to say a name. Fine. He was embarrassed about his uncircumcised penis. Now, I, we did not have sex. We did not have sex. We did not fool around. Like every, like everything was like kissing everything above the clothes. We were good. But he told me, he was like, my penis isn't circumcised. And I'm like, well, how do you even bring this stuff in a conversation? Like, I wasn't even asking you, like just arbitrarily just walking up and be like, he's like, can you please pass the salt? I'm not circumcised. So I'm like, okay. He said, but I was always very embarrassed by it. So I pulled my foreskin back to make it look like I was circumcised and put a rubber band on it. So when I'm in the locker room and stuff, it would look like I'm circumcised. He shared that with you? Ma'am, I can't make this. And I was sitting there like this. Um, oh, Oh, okay. Like, that seems very uncomfortable. You know, adult men can be circumcised. Like it's going to hurt the devil, but if it bothers you that much, no, I can never do that. And then he was like, and I also want to let you know that I don't eat at the Y. What are we talking about? Like, I was like, and I was like, what are we? And I was like, I like four star, five star dining too. Like, I didn't even know that the Y served buffets. Like, what do you, why would you? I didn't know what he was talking about. Because men in the world are like, I don't perform oral sex or yeah. I will no do this to you. They, no, yeah, they're like, 
I will yeah. do this to you, you will love it, or I'm not doing this to you and you need to make a choice. And you're just like either yay or nay. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, what you? and then he, he it was like, I don't do oral sex. And I'm like, once again, how does this come up in this conversation? Like, this is crazy, absolutely crazy. And I'm like, oh, I was like, I, I don't even think I like being around you because he had a temper. And, and oh. so there was, after a while, I was like, I'm not dating Christian men no more. Mm. I, was like, I was like, I can't date you Christian men anymore. Y'all are crazy. The last one I tried to go on in the date one, he was a preacher I met online. Okay. On the conversation was like Monday, I was single. We spoke on Wednesday. I was in a relationship. By Saturday, we were broken up. Oh, this was man was so crazy and intense. And he went from being like, oh, I'm a pastor or a bishop at his church. And, you know, his faith is very important to him to like, sending me raunchy sex laden poetry via text and telling me what kind of lingerie he likes and then yelling at me that I didn't know the Bible even though I had all these fancy degrees because if Jesus came right now, he would speak to him first because he's the man, the head of the house and speak to me second. I would have blocked and, him. I would have blocked oh, he him was, so quick. He was, he was blocked on all outlets, blocked, canceled, all of it. And, and I, he, he was like, and don't you hang click hung up on him. Like, I'm like, you are insane. The only question I challenged him on is I said, oh, so you subscribe to an Orthodox Christianity. He said, yes. I said, how do you reconcile your Orthodox Christianity with your um, proclivity for sexual activity? Because if you were truly Orthodox, you wouldn't be sending me this message and asking me if I could wear this outfit. Uh-huh. He's like, God understands my need. We're done here. Yeah, we're done. We're done here. We're done. Like we're we are so done done. So I stopped, I stopped dating Christian men for a long time. And I was trying to date men in the world. And it it's messy. It it's it's so messy. And I finally discovered my secret weapon. Mm -hmm. This prayer. I have a prayer that has saved me from so much heartache. And I'll, it's hard because God will always answer this prayer. But I'll go out on a couple of dates with somebody and be like, oh, I'm kind of feeling, I'm kind of feeling. He seems nice. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say, Lord, if this person doesn't mean me any good, if this person will take me away from you, if this person is not good for my relationship with you, please remove them from my life. I have never seen a prayer answered that fast. Every single time, there'll be people that I'm like vibing with and be like, oh, I can't wait till we go out again. All of a sudden, I can't find them. I'm being ghosted. Wow. Like going out with people for like, you know, it's a couple of dates in a row. All of a sudden, it's like, I don't think we're vibing well. What? And I'm like, oh, it was the prayer. Mm -hmm. I was like, it was like, it was the prayer. The prayer always works. So I was getting fussed. That post came, this is a long way to get back to it. That post came from the fact that my unsaved friends are crap. I love them, but they're crabs. And they're like, <laughs> girl, especially my Jamaican friend, she said, girl, you need to. And then she starts speaking in Patois and be like, <laughs> da -da 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 -da. <laughs> and I'm just like, I do believe you're telling me I need to get my freak on. <laughs> and so I'm like, I know that word. That is a bad word, girl. And then my Christian, my Christian friends are like, you know, um, since I'm not, I'm past childbearing years, the pressure is off of me now. Like okay. before it was like, you need to find a husband because you need to have a baby. Now it's kind of like, you can work and be an auntie to the children. I'm like, um, or I can just be myself and live my life. How about that? But um, so right. I said, you know what? I'm going to do a last court press and see what I can find mm -hmm. online. Mm -hmm. And I proceeded to find these strange men of all different flavors and variety. I never met men who wanted all the benefits of being in a committed, faithful relationship with none of the obligations of such. Like there was actually one man that said, I'm not looking for anything like a commitment or something. I just want somebody that I can go to like Las Vegas with for the weekend, who's a pretty face on my arm that we can go out and have a good time. And I'm like, 
And so when you come home, he was like, yeah, you know, we live our separate lives. But when I'm ready to go away, I'm going to be able to call her. I was like, oh, you should patronize your local sex worker because you can pay professionals to do that for you. And there'll be no obligation. Mm -hmm. I was like, so you want the Kirkland version. You want it on the cheap, the Costco samples. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you want. It was like, you don't want to pay a sex worker. You just want to, I was like that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. This was someone on the dating site? Yes. Wow. I saw another dude on a dating site. When I tell you his picture, I was like, he has to be catfishing because he was gorgeous, like model gorgeous, red hair, freckles, green eyes. I was like, oh, you are serving me, Michael Ely. Like, oh my. Mm-hmm. I was like, this has to be fake. This mm-hmm. has to be. So he calls me on a FaceTime and I was like, holy crap, it's real. It's real? I was like, oh my God, it's real. I'm sitting there like, man, just. Was he a Tinder swindler? Because, wow, go ahead. He wasn't a Tinder swindler. He was just a horny SOB. Really? As we're talking on the phone, I said, sir, I have to ask. Like, you are, like, your bone structure, God spent time and attention. You're, like, model beautiful. What what is your story? Like, why are you on Match.com? Yeah. And he said, well, I, I was a model. Like, um, he's like, that's how I paid my way through school. I lived in Germany. I did shows in Italy and da, 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 da. And he was like, I just haven't found what I'm looking for. And then he says, no lie, um, look at your phone. I just sent you a message. Okay. And I was like, okay, so now we're FaceTiming. And I'm like, oh. and so I look at the me- He sent me a mess, a picture of his partiness. Are you serious? And I was like, um, this is the first time y'all talking. Absolute first time. I said, um, wow. And this is a grown man. man. Grown, grown, grown man. Grown, like grown, grown man. Got several, well, according to him, he had like a master, an MBA, got a real job. And he was like, well, did you like what you saw? And I was like, first of all, you need to know that I'm not the girl that you send dick pics to. Period. Period. And so I'm deleting this photo and I'm asking you, because I always give him one, because there are women that do like dick pics. Okay. And I was like, I'm asking you, do not send me any more of these photos. Because uh-huh. it's not, int- he said, and like he kept going on. And I was just like, you know, this ain't going to work. Because clearly what you're looking for is something to work out your frustration with. You don't want a person. You just want an orifice where you can satisfy yourself. Oh. And I'm more than that. Like I'm the complete package. So okay. if you're just looking for an orifice, you can go to, I won't set you to a local sex worker, but you can go to a store yeah. and buy something that can take care of whatever's <laughs> I wish y'all could see her hands. <laughs> I was like, whatever's bothering you, you can handle said thing. Like, I was like, Mm-mm, no, sir. Mm. And so I was like, Lord. And then I started to feel lonely. Like mm-hmm. my, my unsaved friends are like, you know, you really just, you, it's a numbers game. You need to get out there. And the last guy I was talking to, I thought he was good. Okay. Born again, Christian worship leader. Cause you know, I love singers. Can't mm-hmm. sing a note, but love a good singer. Mm-hmm. I was like, Ooh, a 10 or two how you doing daddy Ooh. he said actually no i'm a baritone i'm like Ooh, talk to me. Tell me. <laughs> oh to sing in my left ear through your lower register like <laughs> like i was like i just want to hear it just uh-huh. love, you know giggling and god tried to warn me god tried to warn me i met him online and we were playing this card game that was asking questions to get to know you. And one question came up and said, did you ever have to make a public apology? Okay. And I was like, hmm, what an unusual question. So he said, well, I kind of did. I'm like, kind of like, all right. He said, um, when I was married, I cheated on my wife and I had to you know, come out in the church and confess it because, and I'm like, oh, Okay. Oh, okay. I, I appreciate the honesty and directness. Thank you so much. My mom. And my and my friends was my friends were like, Kim, don't cut him off because just because he cheated on his wife. And I said, Well, what did you learn from this experience? How did you heal from this? And did you ever 
get to the root issue of why you did it in the first place. Okay, you was pastoring him. I like that. Yeah, and he was like, <laughs> and he and he was like, well, you know, we were doing missionary work, and the rain is wet, snow is cold, all this other stuff. And mm-hmm. I was, I was desperate and lonely, mm-hmm. thirsty. A minister who is thirsty is never a good look. Thank God I was not preaching during this thing. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. So I went to meet him because I met him online and my okay. girlfriend came with me and she was like, you ain't going by yourself, but we going together. Because so, yeah. if I need to snatch someone up, I need, I need. Mm. So I said, okay, went to meet him. And as we're going on this date, like we went for a hike through the woods, which didn't make sense to me because I had told him I had just had hip surgery from that accident I was in. And so he's taking me on a hike through the wood. Here I am walking around with like a quarter million dollar hip. Okay. <laughs> there. And you got me hiking through the woods. I'm like, if I fall, Lord Jesus, it's a wrap. Yeah. So we're hiking. And then he said, you know, after my second affair. Second affair. And I was like, oh, so there was another one. Sounds like we have a problem. And so he needless to say it did not go well like I was just like this ain't gonna work at all I was like so you just can't be faithful like Mm -hmm. and he said you know it was just something about being a missionary in Africa like these women were just really attracted to me I was like bro that's not an excuse first of all it's not an excuse second of all I was like you were exploiting them these are Mm -hmm. people that you are an American coming through Mm-hmm. a black man that they rarely see mm-hmm. and here you are you've got an american dollar 10 american dollars could probably pay for whatever she needed yeah mm-hmm. of of course they jockeying for the throne come mm-hmm. on like you can get them a visa and get them out of this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of course it, i was like of course it's plentiful and free and you took advantage you're supposed and to be- there on, wait, 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 he was there on, I just, that just registered. And he was there on missionary work? He was there on missionary work with his wife and brand new baby. Representing the church. Representing the church. And when he came home, the church tried to cover it up. Of course. They were like, oh, you know, they just need a break from their mission field. And he's going to be stepping down from ministry. And I said, you know what, Lord, I'm done. I said, it's just going to be me. I'm going to get another puppy. I'm going to raise dog? him. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to get another your dog, dog. died. Yes, your dog died. I remember yeah. that. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to get another dog and I'm just going to live my life. And I'm just lonely. And that's, I was like, Lord, I'm just going to be lonely. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I guess this is going to be it. It's going to be me staring at the mirror, dinner for one forever. Mm-hmm. And then this one morning, God met me in prayer. And that's when I felt his presence. And I was like, this is what I was looking for that I didn't realize I needed. Mm-hmm. I needed more <clears throat> of you. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I needed that intimacy, mm-hmm. that I needed that closeness with God, that feeling of peace. Do I still want to get married? Yes. Do I miss sex? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's easy for me to be celibate now because there's no one in my line of sight. Mm-hmm. Because when you get older, it's like, you're able, like, you could see somebody handsome and give them a glance and be like, whew, if I was 20 years younger, little boy, don't even come over, <laughs> little boy, don't come over here talking trash. You might get your feelings hurt. <laughs> like, it's, it's, for some reason, like, men, I call them boys, but men in their late 20s and 30s like to holler at me. How you doing, mom? I was like, I could be your mother, little man. Is that, is that where the cougar thing is? Is that where yes. the cougar thing? Okay. I, I had this young man and he was, he was handsome. And when he grows up into his man body, he'll be fine. Okay. He was, and I'm sitting there in the target aisle, just looking like, do I want bounty or do I want, do I need charming? He comes over, he does the once over. Can I help you find something? I said, oh, that's so precious. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm so, okay. And then he's like, I don't mean you any disrespect, but you're a very attractive woman. It will be my honor to take you out one day. I was like, first of all, can you talk to the 40-somethings and the 50-somethings and let them know this is how you approach a lady? Would you let them know? Yeah, I was like, I said, thank you so much. I said, but sweetheart, how old do you think I am? Mm-hmm. And he was, he said, I don't care how old you are. I know a woman of quality when I see one and I'm looking at her. I was like- I love it. Boy. I was like, little boy. If you don't get away from me, you are, I was like, 
He's like, I said, how old are you? He was like, I'm 27 years strong. And I said, baby. Baby. <laughs> I said, I am, I said, I am flattered and you are a very handsome man. However, the wow. only thing I'm seeing in my head is your mother snatching me up from the back of my neck because I, I am defiling her child. Oh, so God. thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> Walk away now because I might not be able to tell you no twice. Okay. Just, just walk away. Like I was just like, don't, don't do the double look. Just but keep your head that straight. Said, though, would you consider dating a young? I mean, that may be where your blessing is. Would you consider dating a younger man? I would consider dating a younger man, but it would have to, he would have to go into it knowing like we're not having kids. Mm -hmm. So for me, like with a 27 year old, like that was just, that was like a hookup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could have been long term. Yeah, that wasn't going to be long term. That was going to be something to scratch an itch. I'd be on the altar repenting. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. And then, you know, back in the, back in celibate loin and name again. Mm -hmm. But if there was somebody who was serious, who was like, you know, they already had kids or they were like, you know, I never thought, I never wanted kids. But They're out there. I, Mm -hmm. There, you know, I never wanted kids. I just wanted to be with the woman I love. And then, yeah, I would do that. But it would be like false advertising for me to be with somebody who's in his 30s. And, and then he'll be like, I think we should start a family. It's like these eggs ain't farm fresh. We ain't, we ain't doing this. Not like, not, 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 not this lifetime. No. Not, not with me. I mean, <laughs> you could go find a surrogate, but I'll raise the baby. And who got that kind of money to, to even attempt surrogacy? It's a lot of money. But the one thing I discovered in the church that I did not like when I became a Christian about mm -hmm. was they gave me all these books to read about femininity and the Christian woman and, you know, how a Christian woman should conduct herself. Because mm -hmm. I, I got sick at a Kojak church because mm -hmm. God has a sense of humor. He put a club kid in a Kojak church yeah, who has like never me. been to church before. And so, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just be like, hey. Mm -hmm. And so I was reading all these books and they were like, a lady does this, a lady does that. And one of the books, I'll never forget it because I, I think I threw the book across the room. I was like, this is ridiculous. Someone needs to do better. The wife said, you know, you have to submit to all of your husband's physical needs, even when you don't feel like it. So there are times that my husband wants to have sex and I don't want to, and I'll tell him, give me five minutes and I'll go into the bathroom and say, Lord, give me the grace I need to satisfy my husband. And I'll put something on and, you know, I'll go out there and I'll fulfill my wifely duties. I this said, written in the book? this was written in that, that book? was in the book. I oh. wish I could, it was, I, I threw the book out. I think it was written by a woman named Lisa Bevere. Oh. And or some, and I was just like, I said, oh my God, there's so many things wrong with that. First of all, what man, I don't know of a man that would loves you, would want to have sex with you, and you're just phoning it in and tolerating it. Not a man that loves you. I don't, not a man that loves you, mm -mm. not a man that cares for you. Like, mm -hmm. be like, you're not even into this. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, mm -hmm. if I want this, I can go in the club. I don't yeah. even have to look at you. I can just turn you around, put your face against the wall, get done real quick and go. Yeah. You're my spouse. And so I'm like- What year was that book written in though? Cause I got I, I read that book in like the late, late nineties, late 90s, early 2000s. Cause I remember I was at, a, I went to the Azusa conference and it was crazy. Like I'm like, what 1950s housewife is this? Yeah. And then- Another book I read was talking about like, you know, you're married, but there's certain sexual things that you can't do while you're married because, you know, they're dirty and they're perverse and they're this and that. And I was like, flag on the play. If you have two consenting adults in a relationship and they're consenting and they're together, why, like, who's policing this? Like, Who knows? Who would know? Who would even know? Like, is your pastor going to come in and be like, oh, I'm not, no, no. You, you know, can do this, but you can. It, you, it, it, for me, I think they care about things more than God cares about it, in my opinion. Like, you really think God is writing that down? They did it doggy style. And I said, you know what? 
no doggy style. You're going to hell for that. I don't think God cares. He he was like, are you married? Isn't do you can like? And you are the scholar here. Doesn't it say the bedroom is undefiled? Doesn't it say that in the in the Bible? Yes, and he. This is something that I blew someone's mind with just the other day. You know the book of Ruth? I do. And so when Ruth goes to lay at Boaz's feet. Yes, she does. There is, there is scholarly thought that's supported by other extra biblical writings that feet was a euphemism for genitals. So if you read that in the context, Ruth walked into the thrashing floor where Boaz was uncovered yes. genitals and laid there because Naomi told him to do that. And so my girlfriend, she saved, she was like, what? I said, go ask your husband, what would wake him up quicker? If someone uncovered his feet and laid at his feet on the floor in the middle of the night, or if somebody uncovered his business and laid there and waited for him to wake up. That would probably wake up any man. <laughs> and so all I hear is her husband cackling in the background he was like get minister braxton off the phone i'm like i'm sorry i said i'm sorry i burnt you up like this i said but there is scholarly thought that when she went in there she was like i guess we got to do this because i need to get okay and you're like I, we need to eat I'm like, we i need a kinsman redeemer and you know Bohan, so he's like an older man he was settled in his ways mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, this young girl ain't going to be looking at me. Let me just, I want to just take care of my life, blink, blink. And she mm -hmm. was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Naomi's like, we're going to put these two together. We're going to make this so, work. We're going to make this work. And I think if people had in the church had a better understanding that sex isn't bad. And if they actually taught sex equally, because in the first church I went to, they would have men's retreats because, you know, the pastor was a man and they would actually have um, specialists come in and teach the men about different sex things. Now, I only knew because I was dating a guy in the church and I was like, you're going on the retreat. I want the inside track. Yeah, I want to know. And he I, like, I want to know what's going on because the pastor like, it's men's only, blah, 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 blah. And so he was like, they were talking about like different sexual techniques and different things that could be done. And, and I'm like, okay, that seems really creepy, but a bunch of men talking. I said, but that's good that y'all are learning. Mm. And, but the women, the women were just passing around this book and it was how to sexually satisfy your man or some mm. generic title like that. And I was like, that's cute. Um, where's the book that you get to read on how you can get your satisfaction? Where's why, that book? I was like, why are you looking at your body in this relationship that you have, that you were there to satisfy your husband, which is true, but your husband is also there to satisfy you. Mm -hmm. Where's your book? Mm -hmm. Like, don't, what I find with some women that are very conservative is that they look at themselves like, my body is here to please my husband. They don't know about a woman's sexual response. Mm -hmm. They don't know about a, an orgasm. They don't know the mechanics of it. They, all they know is that they're like, I'm going to go through this and I'm going to make my husband happy. It's like, yes, you will satisfy him, but there's more than you just being a passive participant in this, in this, like, you're just like, I'm here for my husband to actually, and being like, oh, we about to do this. You about to get this work. Like, and they, they don't. It's unfortunate because it's also, it's also a societal thing too. I, I don't, I think it is. I don't know if it's the, the church has influenced that in the world or the world has influenced that on the church, but that school of thought isn't just for church women. Like there are some real life women out there who feel like, well, as long as I got to make sure he's happy. So what, well, what about you, sis? And like, I, I started thinking back, like when I heard your podcast, I said, when I, I was like, when did you learn about orgasms and clitoris and all mm -hmm. these other things? And I realized, I was like, my mom didn't teach me. No. Uh -uh. Like my mom taught me, like, this is how babies were made. When I got my period, she was like, this is why this is happening. And now you can become a mother. So you will never have sex until you get married. Like, yeah, never, like, like <laughs> no, never, like it's on lock until you get married. And yeah. then, then it was like a big gap in the knowledge. So I knew I could, I was able to have a baby 
-hmm. I knew how babies were made. Mm -hmm. And if you did those things, you were risking getting pregnant. She didn't explain anything. But when I talked to my white girlfriend Mm -hmm. and I said, how did your mother talk to you about sex? She said, oh, you know, we first were babies were made. She said, then she talked to me about the clitoris and what its function was. And she told me that there were different types of orgasms and that she couldn't explain them to her me. Mother taught her, her, mother her, told mother. her this. her mother. And I was just sitting there like not in a black household ever. Like I was like, and if I said, and I can't even imagine a West Indian household breaking it down. Girl, like please. I was like, that's why I'm screaming with laughter. Cause that would was never. Like, and like, we went out to dinner, like her mom's really cool. Uh-huh. And, we were hanging out and I was like, so Susan, she was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, I couldn't explain, you know, what it was, but I told her what it was. And then my friend was like, yeah, the first time I had a full body orgasm, I, she's like, I wanted to call my mom and be like, you didn't tell me it could be this good. She's like, well, I can't tell you everything. I prepared you the best way that I knew how. I was like, girl, wow, you got a whole heck of a lot more information than mm-hmm. I got. For real. I said, I was just kind of stumbling and fumbling. If I didn't yeah. have a skilled guide, I'd still be like Dora the Explorer. Like, what's all of this down here? For like, real. <laughs> like, and it's and, unfortunate. A lot of women learned about sex from their sexual partners. It didn't yeah. necessarily happen from other women. No. And like now I have a tribe of women around me that we do speak openly and candidly Good. about sex. Good. And so like, I, after after my first love, we broke up. I started reading books about sex because I was like, I want to know how he did what he did because apparently I need to recreate this action in again the with person. someone. <laughs> let, me, let me study the show. Highlight it. Uh huh. I know. Be like, oh, now, oh, I get it. Okay, angles. Got it. Got it. Okay, I'm in. Mm-hmm. But now, like the the tribal one I'm with now, like we talk about sex, and we even now because we've been friends for so long. We talk about sex, how sex changes as you get older. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, I said, you guys, you know, I've been celibate since like, you know, Jesus walked the earth. I said, what happens if I, I said, when I get married, I'm going to be optimistic. I said, how is sex going to be different? They were like, you need to realize that you're not going to be hitting it the way you did in your twenties, mm-hmm. not even in your thirties. I was like, but the parts are still there. They were like, yeah, but they don't work the same. It's like, if you're with a man your age, the recovery time, it ain't going to be like it was when you were in our 20s, girl. It ain't going to be the same. So she said, so one of my friends are like, I need to teach you the art of having them sustain and last because once they go, you might not get another chance, another okay. bite at the apple. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had not even considered that. And one of my friends, um, she was the first one of us to go through menopause. She mm-hmm. went through early and she said, vaginal dryness is real. Mm-hmm. Now these are women just talking. And I was but like, it's a part of life. Yeah. And I was like, vaginal, I was like, you mean the commercials? She said, the commercials are telling the truth, Kim. Vaginal dryness is real. I'm like, is it just during sex? Like where? And she's like, no, it happens. She's like, there would be times I'd be walking down the street and I would feel physically uncomfortable. Because everything was so dry. And so we we found vitamin supplements. And I was like, girl, try these. And she's like, these work and these suppositories work. And da 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 da. da. And we're having like we were talking like grown women, like, okay, and like we need to know about these things. Yes, you do. Just just to be like candid, be like, girl, let me tell you right now. And and not the front, because I knew a woman once. She was getting married and I was, I was in my late twenties, early thirties and she was getting married and we were in the church and she was not a virgin. So she had been to the puppet show. She had seen the strings. She, she knew how these things work. She knew, she, she knew, I was like, girl, you know, the score. I was like, if we do on body counts, I'm pretty sure you got me. So we're good. <laughs> like we good. Uh-huh. And so we're at lunch and suddenly she's just like, I'm so afraid about the wedding night. And I was just like, I'm eating my lunch because we're with a bunch of people. I was like, afraid, like that wouldn't be the words coming out of my mouth. Like I'd be sitting there, like I need to take a stretch class. I need to make sure my bag is appropriately packed because you about to get this work. Okay. <laughs> you about to get this work. <laughs> so I suggest you rest up kind. I sir. suggest. Okay. Yeah. 
say, start with your B12 now because I'm not playing with you. And she was like, I'm just so scared. And this older church woman was like, you know, the key is for you to just relax, take a hot bath and just relax and trust that he's going to take good care of you. And the woman looked at me and I'm like, I said, that would not be my advice. And she was like, oh no, because you know, I said, my advice would be is that you need to bring some extra lubricant because that man has been waiting a while and you need to be ready. Okay. You need to get it together. And she was like, oh my God, Kimberly. I was like, girl, who are we fooling? You you've been been to the circus. I was like, you were freak of the week. Come on now. Come we on. all know the stories. Like, don't and act she's like that. Like, she's like, it's different because we're married now. I said, what, did the parts change? Like, Listen, now that I would have to bring you back to talk about because that's another thing too. People yeah. feel as if once they get married, they turn down the freak show. And it's like, um, no. maybe you shouldn't do that. No, you got to keep the freak show up because it's one thing to be single in a relationship and, you know, you're in a relationship for a couple of months, maybe a year or two, and then you go to somebody else. Now you're in a relationship with somebody else. You get a new skill set. You no, you are with that same person day after day, year after year, through sickness and through health, mm-hmm. through childbirth through and recovery, through childbirth and recovery, through <laughs> arguments and this, and through you know all the stuff that married couples go through, and things change they do so you have to keep it spicy and one of my girlfriends her husband actually told me thank you couldn't believe i did this she one of my compatriots in talking about open sex mm-hmm. i said girl what do you want for your birthday she said girl i need some under the mattress um restraints i was like i'm sorry what are we talking about and she said i want to introduce something new and she sent me the link for what she wanted, it was like um something like with satin things to tie down and this and that. And she's like, and I want to try bondage with my husband. Okay. I said, all right. I said, um, send me the link. And so she sent me the link, and I shipped. I was like, happy birthday. Report. And the back. husband I mean, thanked you. <laughs> <her> <laughs> husband thanked you. First okay. of all, that is funny. <laughs> that is a lie. Yeah. First of all, I said, did you tell him I got it for you? Because when she opened it up and she said she was trying to install it before he came home. And he was like, what did you, what are you bringing in here? And she was like, I asked Kim for my birthday gift and she sent it to me. And he was like, Kim got you? Minister Kim, sweet Kim with that little angel face. We'll be sent you like, he's like, mm-hmm. Kim sent us this. And then he was like, girl, thank you. <laughs> Thank you for her birthday gift. It's greatly appreciated. I was like, don't need to tell me anything else. Glad you. I, I am definitely gonna have to bring you back because I have to end now because I have another meeting to go. Oh, I'm sorry. So no, this this was phenomenal, and I do believe you have a lot of information that people need to hear from that aspect. You are an older woman now. You know you have experienced a little bit more in life, and mm-hmm. how many. I'm in my 30s. I'm in my mid-30s now. I'm being honest. I, I can honestly say I don't think there's too many older women, I mean, not old, but older women than me who I could have a candid sexual discussion with. Not in my Look, life. I'll give, I'll give you a freebie now. In your 30s, your sex drive will knock you upside the head. Okay. She will get aggressive. Like, you'll just be like, I'm watching the Cheerios. Come on. Oh, Cheerios. Okay. I can kind of see and that, though. I can. Yeah, like... It, it gets aggressive in the 30s and all of a sudden you're just like i'm hot to pull for me it was like i'm hot to try no place to race like this mm-hmm. is i've had some of my most dramatic falls in my, <laughs> in my 30s <laughs> bad decisions okay I mean, bad decisions okay but, you know then that's just something to be on the lookout no for. this and is like, something everything. to talk about it is i think women yeah. my age and even younger need to mm-hmm. know that there is more there's life i grew up thinking that 40 year olds didn't have sex I'm being honest. Yeah. Like, no. what are you doing? Like, what are you talking about having sex at 40? Like, it doesn't, don't you stop? Like, you know? And uh, uh, I mean, clearly I know that's not true now. Okay, he just entered. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna enter him out. But clearly I know that's not true, but that's what we grew up thinking. Yeah, like you just don't know. You just, you don't know until you have a tribe that you can be, 
that go through the decades together. Like when we were in our teens and we yeah. were wondering like, when are we gonna have sex? When we were in our twenties being like, I think I did it. Like, I think I felt something, but I wasn't sure. Like, and then all of a sudden in your thirties, when you're like, he about to get this work, where is he? He about to get this you work. Ain't <laughs> Listen, but you I go ahead and have the good one. Send me your bio so I can read it in the intro and I'll do an outro on this episode. You be on the lookout. We'll be, we'll be talking through email and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But thank you. Thank oh you so much. Tell this me, was tell everything I did today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I no, will be having you. Yes, I know. I will be having you back on the show to talk more about this. Like I will. Thank you. You have right, a good night. Care. Take care. Have, have a good night. evening. Bye bye. You just finished listening to conversations with Akila, where I have a lot to say. Okay. Please be sure to tune in every Friday where you can have a conversation with yours truly. We'll be talking about any and everything. Nothing is off the table. Please remember to share this and like it and comment everywhere podcasts are heard. We are on Apple, we are on Spotify, you name it. Your like, your comment, your share will help this podcast grow, grow, grow. I appreciate you. Thank you.